What's up, webheads? Welcome to Cards on the Table, a podcast where a bunch of passionate fanboys will be talking about all things pop culture. My name is Tom Roy, your host, appreciator of all things in the nerdosphere. My co-hosts, Sam and Calvin, my brothers, and Sean, my friend since high school, will be rounding out our little quadrangle. Um, Thanks to Sean and Calvin for helping put this thing together. So uh, thank you guys. Calvin, thanks for coming on. How are you? Doing great. How are you, Tom? I'm great. I'm great. Sam, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. Shout out to Calvin, by the way, for getting Zencaster. This is dope. Agreed. Thank you, Calvin. And Sean, how are you? This week's topic is top-notch. I'm very excited to get started. All right. All right. Me too. Um, So real quickly, just wanted to get into what our topic is. Uh, Our cards on the table topic of the day is 90s comedy movies. And we're going to be breaking that discussion up into various categories. And these are some passionate choices on my end. There was a lot of uh, ground to cover here. A lot of material to work with. So I'm going to start things off with the greatest 90s comedy of all time. Tommy, what is your criteria for the greatest 90s comedy? Um... I think when I thought about what were the greatest 90s comedy was, I kind of thought about some of our other categories, but I also thought, like, what is that quintessential 90s comedy? It's still funny to me today. And uh, I went with Groundhog Day. I think Groundhog Day is the greatest 90s comedy because it's just got so many awesome lines, and the premise is so ridiculous, and I can only imagine what it was like when it was pitched as like a studio thing, like, hey, we want to make this movie. It's like a time travel movie gone bad. He has to repeat the same day over and over, and Bill Murray just, he delivers it in a way no other comedian can. What can I say? I just, it, I, I love that movie. It's, it's, you got, Andy what's her name? Oh, I always forget her name. Mary Steenburgen. Is it Steenburgen? Andy McDowell, the girl with the big dude. hair. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Andy McDowell. Yeah. Yes, and Chris Elliott, which is dry pan humor. And, uh, of course, Ned Ryerson. You can't knock Ned Ryerson. I mean, you can't. Anyway. Was anyone else's best movie aside from mine and Tom's, apparently? No. No, it's just so good because it's uh, it's it's not just a comedy, but it has like heart, and that's like the most important thing. You know, it's you want you want to laugh the entire time, but you wanted the entire movie to be good. And so it has those comedic elements, like you know, those moments like when he steals the money, and then they go to the movies, and they're all dressed up in costume. Uh, it's you know, it's just it pulls along the entire time. What does he say? Call me Duke. <laughs> He's dressed in cowboy outfit. All right. Anyways, so what other '90s comedies? What other ones did our other co-hosts feel might have been the greatest 90s comedy of all time, in your opinion? Um, this is Calvin, by the way. I went with uh, Dumb and Dumber. That was my choice. Um, hands down, easily most quotable film of the 90s, in my opinion, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's timeless. It's a classic. I don't think it gets much better than Dumb and Dumber. Well, I mean... J- Jim Carrey, right? At his at his yeah, yeah. absolute peak. There's a lot of movie quotes from both those movies that I, uh, yeah, I quote Groundhog Day all the time with uh, just yeah, put that anywhere, pal. And with Dumb and Dumber, I always say Samsonite. I was way off. Uh, those are probably my two go-to's from those films. Uh, mine, um, in it falls under a couple categories, but uh, it's The Big Lebowski for sure. Um, 
I think that that movie is so ridiculous and so 90s from like Tara Reid uh, being just, well, we'll go down there a little bit later, but just it's so good. Uh, and it to me still holds up because uh, it's not as like 90s, I guess you could say. It's just more like, I don't know. I feel like the Coen brothers got it right from a ridiculous comedy about, well, the Lebowskis. Yeah, without a doubt. And it still holds up to this day. Phenomenal movie. Phenomenal movie. It was definitely in my top three to choose from. But I had a feeling someone else might choose it, so I wanted to round really? it. <laughs> All right. I, I got to say, though, my number two, and it was I'm telling you, it was, a, it was a photo finish. My number two was My Cousin Vinny. I love My Cousin Ooh. Vinny. I love My Cousin Vinny, like, so much. I can't really? tell you. It's, there's, it's just one of those movies that it's uh, – the, the comedy is in the performance. Like, it's not just in the line. So I was, like, trying sure. to find good lines, and I was like, there's really not many. But, like, Marissa Tomei, she won Best Supporting Actress for it, you know? Like, it actually it has legitimate chops. It does have chops. I don't think I put it in my, I don't know, as far as, like, performances go, that's really high up there regarding Marissa Tomei. Like, I mean, you're like, Joe Pesci, you're like, cool. Uh, but in the context of her role, I feel like if you have – that like high of a nomination wait did she win or did she get nominated i think she won i'm pretty sure she won so that kind of makes it way better than i think a 90s comedy all right so getting into category number two we're calling it still holds up still holds court a comedy that we uh believe to be timeless in the 90s so calvin i'm gonna hit you with this one what 90s comedy do you think still holds up okay so well pardon me because I guess maybe when we were discussing this topic or when we were, you know, laying out topics, um, I guess I had a misunderstanding of the topic. So I hope you bear with me in this. So um, I thought we were going to do 90s comedians that still hold court. I thought that was the whole point of it, to be 90s. So basically what I did was this took me a really long time to figure out, you know, what's a comedian who was big in the 90s and now still holds court as far as movies tv shows maybe even stand up still maybe they do well in specials things like that um and it's really rare as it turns out um i found it really shocking to find out like how few of the comedians we remember from the 90s still are relevant in today's society um so mine if you'll uh again bear with me i'm gonna go with bob odenkirk really? um, all right Right. The reason, the reason being, the reason being, Bob Odenkirk started his career doing work with Ben Stiller Show, um, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, and then started doing Mr. Show on HBO with David Cross, um, who is also not, while while not as blossoming as Odenkirk in his career, still gets some good roles today. Um, so Bob Odenkirk, you know, had this really big career in the '90s, doing all sorts of stuff with the writing, and as far as doing HBO's Mr. Show. And then early 2000s career, pretty quiet, still working on stuff with Adult Swim, like uh, Tom Goes to Mayor, and then did some stuff with Tim and Eric right when they were first starting out. And then now, you know, later in his career, he's gotten gigs with Breaking Bad as Saul Goodman, which started then a spinoff series and still on air today. Um, even has his own Netflix original film, which would be Girlfriend Day. If you guys haven't seen it, I recommend watching it. Um, and then is also doing voice acting in Incredibles 2 after just seeing the trailer All recently. Right. I just noticed him in there. So good for him. Good on him. And uh, yeah, that would be my choice. But from there on out, feel free to give me your best comedies or 90s comedies that still hold court today. I'd love to hear them. Sam, you got one? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be kind of redundant, but The Big Lebowski to me is the still holds court. 
For sure. Yeah. For sure. Like, it's totally agree. It's so weird. No, I mean, you can throw it on. Yeah, right. They'll catch up, you know? Uh, no, I agree. I think it's, especially with, like, the cult fandom of Big Lebowski, there's no other film that has that on that level for, I mean, how many years has it been? It's been 20? 1997 or 96? It's coming up on its 20th, right? Or it just, I think it just had its 20th. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty huge. A movie that still has such a huge cult following. I mean, things like Rocky Horror and stuff like that, sure. But like Big Lebowski for a film that in and of itself is a pretty, you know, it's not, it doesn't have any gimmicks to it like Rocky Horror or Little Shop of Horrors or things like that where it's, you know, musicals or the like. Whereas Big Lebowski is a comedy that has such a huge following of people that it's, I mean, it's astounding. It hit its, 20, it's, really it's 20th anniversary. It was March 6th. Hell yeah. 1998. So Damn. 20 years. It's funny hearing what you said about years, the, wow. the miscommunication about Still Holds Court. Because my two that I thought of were Office Space and Half-Baked. Oh. And in the vein of what you said, Half-Baked, Dave Chappelle Still Holds Court. He proved it. Oh, yeah. He took 20 oh, years off. Call. Great call. <laughs> yeah. He still kills it. But I think those movies are still very applicable today and hilarious. No, it's uh, half baked was a tough one to kind of decide because I mean that's total that's like quintessential '90s comedy right there. Big time, I feel yeah. like. Um, but uh, mine's kind of in a similar vein. Uh, mine was Friday. Yes. Like I feel like Friday is a movie that you, I mean, like you can throw Friday on at any point, any point in that movie, and you can pick it up and just watch it to the end. Because again, going back to like what you know, why I think of greatest films, it's like. You got to have a movie that you want to watch, you know, and that movie yes. has like t- 10 memorable characters, like 25 memorable lines. Chris Tucker, just like very similar to Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber, where it was just he had such passion in that role right there at that specific moment where you just you, you feel that energy when and you watch that. And Bernie Mac. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about Bernie Mac. So I actually people. rewatched Friday in prep for this, and I'm kind of the opposite end of the spectrum to where like. I think that because of how comedy has sort of evolved, like so much 90s comedy is like Jim Carrey overface. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know if that makes sense. So like Chris Tucker was totally guilty of it. Like when he'd be like, hey, you know this man, like every time. Uh, but he's also like the best. I mean, that's where he's, I don't know. I was like watching it and thinking like, oh, this is like, and I remember the lions thinking like every time I, every time I'm in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen. Uh, just ridiculous. I totally think it's a victim of the 90s. It's a great uh, movie. I don't know why you say it's a victim of the 90s. It's true. No, man. Like and like that movie, beyond that, that's like a, a quasi-indie film. I mean, it, it had uh, studio backing, but at the same time, like, it was just done right. And it is it's a it is a time capsule of that time, but at the same time, it's it's just so spot on. It's it's kind of serious subject matter, but at the same time, you know, it's just yeah. the, you laugh the I feel like Cube really didn't know how to act in that either. So it's no. kind of like him learning how to act. Yeah. He's window dressing. No, like you're like, uh huh. You're okay. Well, speaking of window dressing, Sam, I feel like you got a lot of th- you got a lot of opinions on this topic. Number three, favorite line from a '90s comedy. Was it Big Lebowski? Uh, That's what I want to know. Yeah, I. Well, that, uh, I mean, okay. So. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> it's totally fine. It's, it's a great fun. movie. It's, it's got great fun. lines. Yeah, I was looking I at them myself. Pretty much every movie we've listed, by the way, I quote. With the exception probably of Friday, I quote most movies. But uh, Half-Baked actually has one that I really like a lot. But yeah, no, from The Big Lebowski, um, I find that if I ever say, you're not wrong, Walter, there's always somebody that, you're just an asshole. Uh, just well, an asshole. it's all water under the bridge. And 
We do enter the next round, Robin. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. So good. So good. So good. Uh, also, every time I hear the Eagles, I always want to say, like, fucking hate the Eagles, man. Um, hate but, the fucking Eagles, man. Well, I don't want to make myself sound like I'm not the person who reused a category. So uh, Calvin will play up mine, which was from... The infamous movie Groundhog Day. Just put that anywhere, pal. Dude, real nice. Just put that anywhere, pal. Yeah. <laughs> good save. It's so good. It's so good because not only is it a line in the background, but because that movie repeats itself over and over and over, you hear that line like thirty times. Yeah. It's so good, man. Like, it's what's funny is that's one of those lines. Again, we've all known each other. I mean, they're brothers. They've known each other their entire lives. But uh, we've known each other for a long time, and just put that anywhere, pal. You know that still lives on nowadays. Like just in normal life, you know, if I spill a glass, it's you know, having worked in restaurants. I fucking hate that line. Do people say funny. it? I've had people use that line on me in a restaurant, and I was one of the fucking poor. Okay, I'm guilty. I definitely have said that in a restaurant. If somebody's dropped something, just I can't. I can't not even not dick. say it. I'm like, oh, just put that in her pal, and I'm always kind of loud about it. All right, Calvin, Sean, what do you got for best line? Uh, I think I think I'm gonna go with my second option. Uh, I really thought about this. Like I've I've gone back and forth. I I have one choice that's super long and one that's super short. And I just think that the super short one just it, to me it is again. It's not just line. It's about delivery. So hit it. Here we go. Look, there's some people want to ride too. Pick them up. up. <laughs> it makes me laugh every <laughs> single time. It's definitely the delivery. Jeff Daniels' delivery on that. Sorry, not Jeff Daniels. Um, no, yeah, Jeff Jim Daniels, right? Yeah. Jim Carrey's is the pick them up. Pick them up. So Dumb and Dumber well, makes it way back. back <laughs> the segue it's right so into good. that one. Uh, I'm also going to have to go with the Dumb and Dumber quote. I use this one whenever I can, which is very few times. And here we go. Hey, guys. Oh, big gulps, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Dude, never gets old. Yeah! <laughs> I never use that line. <laughs> yeah, just love well, that see line. See you later. Well, oh. see you later. It's just so good. I mean, it kind of just perfectly emphasizes that character. <laughs> oh, man. I've used that line a bunch. It's such a good, like, ending an awkward conversation with people that, like, you don't really know. I'll be like, big gulps, huh? Well, well see, see you later. <laughs> Definitely. But uh, did you guys have any like that were like right on the tip that you almost went with? Yeah. Uh, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You cool. <laughs> fuck you. I'm out. That that one was from my half. That was in my my list too. So good. So good. All right. Moving on to our next category. Category number four. The particular one, and I know Sean <laughs> probably knows the answer to, uh, for me on this one. But the category is a '90s comedy only I like. Potentially universally panned, but individually appreciated. Sean, what is your response? All right. So I know I like sports a little more than the gag here, but there's a movie called Necessary Roughness. Mm. And it starred Scott Scott Bakula and Sinbad. And uh, for all the listeners out there, these guys were talking shit about Sinbad on a group text that we had just a few days ago. And I just want to say, if you watch Necessary Roughness, like that is – Sinbad at his prime to where, again, going back to uh, like the guy from Wayne's World 2, where every time Sinbad comes into the screen, like the movie lightens up and he only has a few scenes. But at the time, I just remember being like, man, I want to see that because Sinbad is in it. And then it's, you know, it's. Isn't Kathy Ireland also also a necessary roughness? 
Kathy Ireland's in it. Uh, why can't I think of his name? Jason Bateman's in it. Oh. Um, he's like the young college kid, I believe. Um, he convinces Scott Bakula to come back and play in the big game. Okay. And then possibly what I like about it the most is it has the quintessential 90s bad guy, this guy Larry Miller. Now, you might not know him off the name, but he was the bad guy in like 10 Things I Hate About You. And he's the bad guy in like Nutty Professor. If you knew this guy, oh, like he's guy? like the all, all white guy. And he's all always like. Who in, plays the in, dad in, like, in 10 Things I Hate About You? I have no idea who this guy is. Uh, was he the dad? I thought he was just a dick and everything. Well, my bad. Uh, dude, first of all, he was the dad in 10, 10 Things I Hate About You. He's the one who makes the condition that they uh, that that he can that she can date when Julia Stiles does, and then makes her wear the pregnancy suit. It was his only. I film. love that guy. He's total nineties. He's totally great. No one else likes this movie. Except, I mean, except in my defense, me. I've paid to see Sinbad three times in my life. So. <laughs> oh, I love three it. times more than me. That's my personal choice. What about you, Tommy? My personal choice on this one, just because it's it's so random and off cuff, was Zero Effect with Bill Pullman <laughs> and Ben Stiller. It was a straight to VHS movie that I bought at Blockbuster when it was like five for twenty five or whatever, and uh, he plays like a private eye, and it's it's very much a Bill Pullman centered plot, which is very rare, uh, and it's an indie gem. I liked it. And uh, I don't think a lot of other people do. My runner-up would obviously be She's All That because I don't think everyone likes that movie, <laughs> particularly the hacky sack, but I think it's funny. <laughs> Zero Effect is a comedy? Uh, I mean, I'm calling it a comedy. Okay. Well, tell me what the what the VHS cover looked like because I feel like I've seen Zero Effect quite a few times when I'm trying to wrap up. All I'm seeing is the is the vhs cover and it does not look like a comedy it's uh you've got a basically a high contrast photo of a guy in a trench coat with these still shots from the movie one of bill pullman and one of ben stiller 1998 mystery comedy written and directed by jake kasdan it stars bill pullman as the world's most private detective daryl zero tom you fucking love bill pullman i do man (laughs) meeting him was a joy but he's like huh. a really good private eye. Like he like fakes. He like I don't know. It's 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 probably a totally trapped in the '90s comedy. But that was my jam. So Sam, how about '90s comedy only you like? Did you uh, pick a selection? Yeah, um, I'm kind of an Aaron Sorkin fan, and so Dave with uh, Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver. If you guys, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I what's got a fish this big? Uh, it's it's like I don't know. It's not as slapsticky as some of the other stuff that we've seen, but it has uh, Kevin Pollock in it and a couple other people that I like a lot. And um, I don't know. Regarding kind of Dave, uh, I kind of like the premise of it. I think this is kind of neat, um, and that's kind of mine. Uh, whenever it's on, I kind of stop and I'm like, oh hey, Kevin Klein, and I think that's such a ridiculous premise. Does anyone else find it weird that when he makes the sandwiches, he uses a uh, like a, a potato peeler? Like he's like doing it on a carrot, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Dave, it's the weirdest thing every not, time I watch oh, it. That might be a thing. Okay. I, there are definite movies where people do weird things, and I didn't catch on that one, but I don't have to look out for the potato peeler. But yeah, Dave is mine. It's weird. Calvin, Love what about you? Uh, okay, so for mine, um, so given our audience, I, or the people that we're doing this podcast with, I decided to go with heavyweights. Wow. Um, I feel like being my age and being the millennial of the group, um, heavyweights definitely within my peer group might be a popular film, but I feel like amongst you three, maybe not so. Um, the reason I love it. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah. Ben Stiller, former fatty. Ben Stiller. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, co-written by Judd Apatow. Who's the um, uh, Who's the counselor that they they get along with? Isn't there like a Yeah. Um, as far as other actors, you're I'm a horrible with names, so cool. good luck on that. Is heavyweights Is there some kids from uh the Sandlot yeah. in heavyweights? <sighs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a great story. The best part about it, I think, is like Ben Stiller's role is insane. He's basically this like, you know, it's all his kids go to a fat camp and then Ben Stiller is like the antagonist who takes over the camp and like turns it into like this fitness camp. But like all the kids who are there are just these fat kids who just want to eat Snickers bars and be kids. Um, and it's really good. It's very cute. It's endearing. Um, and it's funny as hell seeing Ben Stiller have this like complete mental breakdown on on screen i don't think i've ever seen it keenan tom keenan that guy's Thompson. had the longest career oh my god <laughs> for real that guy's yeah. like the lazarus actor Still who's the lazarus like, actor like the, this person who keeps coming from like death you're just like hey, hey there he is again oh. there he is again tim blake nelson is also in that movie and alan covert the guy who plays uh, adam sandler's buddy all the time tim blake nelson's in over the right though right yeah he's, he's one, one of the three toad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, who, who will have a longer career, Ben Stiller or Keenan Thompson? Thompson. <laughs> like, who will actually last the longest and make the last movie? Because <laughs> it appears that Ben Stiller's got time. Stiller's got longevity. You can tell. Yeah, but Keenan Thompson, he's a slow burner. He really is a slow burner. <laughs> he's, 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 guy. Yeah, he's like the phoenix. Is he like the longest lasting cast member on SNL? Is there like a, what's the record? How long do you got to be? I don't know, but He's it's like on, they made a joke about it on the most recent episode. I had to find out who Larry Miller was, for God's sakes. Like, who the hell is that what? guy? What? You don't remember 90s situational like villains? It's so weird. No, not at all. I feel like it's the guy from, uh, oh no, God, what's his name? What's the name of the guy who played J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies? He was just Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> Isn't it yeah. PT Cruiser? Oh, it's like PT. Yeah. It's, you're um, close, though. No, you're really yeah, yeah, close. Yeah. You're not far. God, he's also in. Um, uh, I'm going to get the name. It's not. It's, uh, I obviously uh, know it's not PT Cruiser. Worst no, it's car not. ever. Tommy, did you say the name? J.K. Rowling? It's not. J.K. Rowling. I didn't say it. I can't remember. Oh, I didn't say it. Sorry. Ah. I know exactly who he is. Yeah, he's a whiplash. Um, he's in whiplash. He got nominated for an Oscar. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> now that I see his name, PT Cruiser is even funnier. J.K. Simmons. Yes. <laughs> He's the uh, farmer's guy, right? <laughs> farmer's insurance. Also- All right. Well, let's lighten the mood, preferably with the sweet, sweet sounds of music, by taking us to our next category, Best 90s Soundtrack. Days confused? Well, no, but Sam, it's actually a good question. Is like, so it, to you, is it? Does it have to be? Is it just a collection of songs, or does it matter if like songs were made that were just specifically on that soundtrack? Because isn't Days like entirely just old songs? Uh, Days of Confused is mostly old songs, but I feel like it's the one. I don't know. Like, it doesn't have the most '90s songs, but it's definitely the one that I like will replay over and over again. Um, I think I have so many. Uh, whether it be Go, uh, which I really like a lot, I have that soundtrack. Like 90s um, or 2000s. Ten Things I Hate About You. Uh, 1999 nice. was Go. Go was a contender for me. Um, I really like that one. I don't like the girl uh, who plays the lead in that movie. Yeah, she, she reminds me of the, but Timothy Olyphant. Uh, he's great. Timothy. Yeah, and Jay Moore is funny in that with the guy from Party of Five. I can't remember his name, and I don't it's care. Uh, Are you Ty talking Diggs about the lead? Diggs is in it. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yep. Sorry, Tim. Are you talking about the lead character from Not- Party of Five? Is in it? 
You mean Matthew not, Fox? Not Rick Fox, the other one. Rick Fox is a Laker. Don, um, Scott Wolf. Oh, yeah, Wolf. Scott Wolf. Scott Wolf. Scott Wolf yeah. and Jay Moore, uh, Confederated Products. That's right. Sure. Well played. <laughs> yeah. I really liked Go. Go was so smart. Okay. Calvin, Sam's not really selling it to me on the musical factor. So what 90s soundtrack do you think <laughs> hits the notes? So for me, I, I kind of did. I had the same kind of conundrum because I originally went with uh, Boogie Nights. Well, not exactly <laughs> a comedy. <laughs> that hilarious comedy, Boogie yeah, Nights. Not exactly a comedy. <laughs> so exactly. That's why I said, all right. So I had to scratch it. I mean, it has funny moments, let's be honest. But uh, as far as... It, Actual comedy soundtracks. I went with Mallrats. Nice, um, good. I mean, you've got Suzanne one. by Weezer, which is just a banger, uh, especially at, like at the oh, outro yeah, of that for- movie. It works so perfectly. Oh yeah, I forgot about that yeah. song. Good, then, good track. Yeah. The only downside to that soundtrack, though, would be, and this is just a minor, but like the, all the goddamn quotes from the movie that are in that. It's like listening to that soundtrack today it's like you listen to one song and then it's this quote from the movie or like some sample from the movie and it, i don't know i feel like it's just the most unnecessary thing but i'm sure pulp fiction to me has the same stuff but i love that soundtrack but i looked that up to see if it was comedy and it says crime slash drama so i was like mm. nope nope not allowed it sean hit us with the soundtrack what do you got um all right so i do lean more a little towards uh, like original stuff i i like the collection of songs and i considered a few but I had to just go with with my heart, and my heart said the Boomerang soundtrack. But then I went back. But then I, I took a second. I said it really only has "End of the Road." So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Doctor Doolittle soundtrack. Ooh, tell me more. Doolittle. It's a comedy. What's that? Does it have Aaliyah? It had Aaliyah. It was "Are You That Somebody?" And it was like it had that. Had genuine. And if anybody knows me, you know that I love genuine. And it had same old G on it. Now, it wasn't original, wow. but Are You That Somebody did come out just for Dr. Doolittle and then later yeah. just put on her album. Huh. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, you watch the music video and it's like this like very like 90s R&B music video, but then it's got these like overlays of Nutty Professor scenes. It's really odd. Which is also kind well, of I'm going to go to the, uh, the upper crest white guy in the 90s alt music scene and go with the 10 Things I Hate About You soundtrack as my boy. jam. I love that Upper soundtrack. Crust. Obviously, I think it plays well with the movie. <laughs> what do you say? Nothing. Go on. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Anyway, I don't know. There's certain songs in that, like obviously the uh, the use of Save Ferris, Letters to Cleo. And then there's just like this one song. It's like the paintball scene in the movie. And I don't even know the song. It's totally just like a rando song, but it's got this like awesome bass line. It's like... Yeah. And the song's like called Fascinating New Thing. I know that song. Every time I hear that song, it's always throws me into the movie. Huge fan. Um, otherwise, I would have probably said So I Married an Axe Murderer because you got to have some Mike Myers soundtracks in here. Are no. we really not going to talk about Wayne's World as a soundtrack? No. Are we going to just let that go? It's really not that good. That's, I got that's it from it. my birthday. That's like, it. I put it on and I was like, yeah. this will be great. And you kind of get like, that's, that's, that's I mean, all it's good for. Yeah, that's you all like it. it. So let's move on to our last category. This is the So Help Me God If It Gets Remade because the original was good enough and it needs no remake. And actually, Sean mentioned this movie earlier and I thought about it this morning and I was like, yeah, I would be really pissed off if that movie got remade because I like it as it is. And that movie is Friday. I don't know why, but I felt like it was uh, it was, it was was great. It was great I as mean, it was. Too. Doesn't that get reboots pretty Friday often Friday the 2nd. 
Uh, it doesn't get reboots. Well, it has sequels. Sequels. It's reboots. It's sequels. There's a whole universe of it. Anyways, that's mine. Sean, what do you got for me? No, that's uh, that's actually a really good one because it's again, it's like it's an of the time. And, but here's the, here's what's up. Ice Cube down the line. It's gonna be like 20 years, and he's not gonna put out a hit in a while. And they're gonna be like, Hey, Ice Cube, here's five million dollars to yeah, produce a kid. Friday remake, and he's gonna be all over it. No, have uh, you seen his other films? They're trash. But uh, of that's of that same era, uh, mine would have to be White Men Can't Jump. I think uh, again, it's 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 so tough because it's like it's ripe to be remade. It's like oh, buddy comedy, like multiracial. It could be about basketball, but it's new things. But that movie, like, it had so many perfect things. It had uh, Rosie Perez, like, really just being like prime funny Rosie Perez. Um, the story gets really big. Wesley Snipes is just so good in it, and uh, I just don't think you could recreate that chemistry that. You know, it's every once in a while you just put two guys together and they Fun get fact. two people together and they nail it. And Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson just put it together. Truly. Fun fact about White Man Can't Jump. I'm actually uh, in the background on one of the scenes in that movie. No way. I swear to God. Will Ford, a uh, high school friend of mine, uh, invited me down to Santa Monica. And the scene where they're on Santa Monica Beach uh, and Rosie Perez is like on her rollerblades and she skates up to him. It was the last scene, yeah. last scene of the movie. She's stuck leaving on him set. At that point. I remember being like, "White man can't jump, Bull Durham," because they had the signs up, like from the director of Bull Durham, and we're like, "What's this?" And we stuck on the back of that set. But, yeah. but again, like it was with it was Woody Harrelson was like taking the next step in his career. He was moving on from Cheers. He'd done Natural Born Killers, and it was just, uh, you know, he he was proven that Woody Harrelson really has like, he has so much range. That dude's still putting out hits like it's nothing. Let's talk about yeah. back to the uh, longest lasting Keenan Thompson, Ben Stiller. Uh, Woody Harrelson is definitely a contender on that realm. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Truly, solo, yeah, solo bad guy. <laughs> but I mean, then Zombie Land. Yeah, guy's been around. He was in a Hunger Games. He was just in like three billboards. So he's like, he's, he pulls a little from here, a little bit from here. Yeah. He was in Kingpin, right? Rap sheet. Wasn't he uh, the lead Kingpin? in Kingpin? Yeah, he's kind of a big deal in Kingpin. <laughs> he was, God, that did not make any of my list, by the way. Calvin, did you go? Yeah, I picked uh, my movie. I, I picked this one solely because I feel like it's one of those movies that I could see Hollywood just biting onto and thinking it was a good idea when in reality it's not. Um, I would have to say Clueless. Yeah, um, yeah it's I could very well see this happening and being a reality. Um, and if that happened, it'd be a total bummer. I just feel like, like we said, like these movies, as far as like with Sean with White Man Can Jump, it was just like the casting in that movie was so perfect. You had like all these like blossoming young actors and actresses who were just at the start of their career. And they made this movie that, again, it's one of those 90s movies that I could watch right now and enjoy it and still get the same laughs out of it. Um, and I just off. feel like it's yeah. one of those things that just don't touch it. Just yeah. leave it alone. Let it be. White Man Can't Jump is probably it's too damn too. good. Rest in peace, Brittany Murphy. Yeah, it's totally gonna give yeah, him in. I mean, I just feel like with texting and like the 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 cluelessness of like Snapchat and Instagram and stuff, it's just exactly like I could see them pulling like all these like millennial kind of avocado ways toast, of life. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like making just all these like just awful, you know, references where it's just going to feel super dated in five years and it'll yeah. be really embarrassing. As long as Paul Rudd's in it. Yeah, if they remade Mary Poppins or sequeled and they remade Overboard, I think all bets are off. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> is it weird yeah. to anyone, by the way, if you've seen Clueless recently, is it strange that like the moral of the story is that like a stepbrother and stepsister get together and she's still like 17 and he's in college. Mm-hmm. And like I was watching it recently and I was like, so that's the ending, huh? Right. <laughs> that's the big happy ending. Different times, she gets man. gets together with a yeah. brother. Cool. <laughs> you got a shotgun and a shovel. No one will miss you. Yeah, but... <laughs> right, right. 
Yeah, that's actually the line. That one in the yeah. everywhere takes twenty minutes in the valley or something like that. I think about that one anywhere in LA. Which I don't think that's minutes. true anymore. All right. So, any other Sam? Did you say your remake one? I mean, this is broken record a little bit, but if they remake the Big Lebowski, I will be yes. But, but how would you even make that remake? That? So that's why it's awesome. Uh, it's like, um, but I I feel like that's just one where I feel. I don't know. I, it's is going through and rewatching some of these. Like I think, with the exception of probably the Big Lebowski, like so many of them are open to being remade. I mean, they didn't they redo Dumb and Dumber? Or they made like when they were younger. Uh, yeah, they've done two. Oh, Clueless is only a matter of time. Something, yeah, oh, the remake! I forgot the the prequel. Yeah. So from yeah, when Harry met Lloyd or something along those lines. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the '90s stuff is kind of fair game, um, which is upsetting, but also. You know, uh, just regarding creativity, I think with the Big Lebowski, it'd be hard because it's so weird. And I remember even seeing that in the theater when it came out and being like so tripped out. And then it took like years for me to like kind of really appreciate it. And then I'm like, oh, this is so funny because it's so bizarre. Also, the Credence stuff. I like Credence. So that works out. I feel like it's a different movie, too, when you watch it when you're younger versus watching it when you're older. Because I watched it when it first came out. I thought it was funny, and then and my dad totally. just cracked it. It really brings the room like, together. What are you like, why is that so funny? And now I watch it, and you know that's the shit I'm laughing at. Totally, it, it really brings the room together. <laughs> hey, ties the room yeah. together. Love it. All right, so we're gonna do a little uh, last closeout situation. We're gonna do some rapid fire topics, hopefully ones you didn't think of off the top of your head. No explanation needed. Just rapid fire. I'm gonna throw out a topic. You tell me your answer as soon as it comes to the top of your head, and we'll move on to. Uh, the rest of the co-hosts. Most influential 90s comedy. Most influential. I'm going to say Austin Powers as a, a most influential comedy. I mean, obviously, it led to several sequels. It put a lot of people on the map as far as musicians making their way into soundtracks and making their way on the screen. And it just, uh, you know, it's still referenced today. It's like 10 or 20 years old. I know we didn't mention it in our tops, but I think Mike Myers is a parody artist. He wins. You see, it really set the standard in the late 90s, especially like what a comedy should be when a, a studio is really back in it. Because Wayne's World 1 was kind of like a little indie thing. I remember that was playing with like double features with Romeo and Michelle. And then when part two came out, it was like, it was a big yeah. event. You know, people were going to see Oscar Powers. It's true. So and we worked to the theater when that came out. All right. Most influential, Sean. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going Wayne's World. And uh, we saw it recently. And I, uh, when you're watching Wayne's World, what really makes it unique is that um, it's kind of like almost it has a, a rock film backdrop, and it's because Penelope Spears directed it. So it has this raw element to it that no other '90s movie had. But Wayne's World Two then like took it and really made like a Hollywood yeah. movie out of it. But I feel like Wayne's World started making Hollywood realize that you could make movies Friday. for kind of like niche audiences, I think. and eventually it would start growing. If the comedy and stuff like that was just sharp. I love it. Love it. Sam, what do you got? Definitely. Most influential. I'm gonna say Friday for sure. Friday. I think. Friday put a lot of things on the map. Soundtrack was good. And I think it really just brought a lot of people into the fold. In watching it the other day, so many actors in that film are like big deals now. Uh, and I remember thinking like, this is pretty cool. Uh, and it built a lot of relationships, I think, in Hollywood. And it also sprung, I don't know, a lot of people onto the scene that weren't really there before. Um, I don't know. Best Adam Sandler comedy, a guy who held pretty strong in the 90s. And we haven't, haven't really talked about him very much. But Sam, I know you can get me on this one. Best Adam Sandler comedy. What's it going to be? Uh, it's going to be Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Happy Gilmore is funny, uh, but Billy Madison, I quote, like, often. Um, why do you, yeah, why do you um, like Billy more than like Happy? I think for Happy, 
I don't I don't know. I think that with um with Happy Gilmore, you have like Shooter McGavin, who's like a pretty funny villain. Um, with I don't know with Billy Madison, I find that um, uh, is it Veronica Vaughn? Is that her name? <laughs> yeah, Veronica Vaughn. <laughs> Veronica Vaughn. I quote the line, uh, "What about you, sideburns? You want some of this milk?" I, that and I get that says to me all the time because of my sideburns. So between that and then also like I don't know, they're just so with uh, I can't remember his name, and he's a big deal right now. Uh, the villain Jeffrey something uh, in Billy Madison who. Like business ethics. Ah, what's his name? Wait, are you talking about? Are you talking about the the dude from the West Wing? Yes. You can't Google search it if you don't know. Uh, oh. Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford. <laughs> yeah. Suck it, Sam. Oh, you just knew that. <laughs> I'd have to go with the wedding singer. Um, oh, that's good. I just feel like I mean, Contrarian. granted, just to be Contrarian? just to be, be Mister. Yeah, Mr. Contrarian. Um, I mean, I love both Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. I love Big Daddy. Um, but Wedding Singer is one of those movies. It's Those four, yeah. you know, they're great films. Um, Wedding Singer, great soundtrack too, by the way. But yeah, it's just, it's a good, you know, rom-com. You got to love it. Drew Barrymore is great in it. Um, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, also great in every... player of the world. <laughs> no lessons. I don't remember that line at all. I don't know. I'm going to stick it to Happy Gilmore on that one. I feel like... Kevin Nielsen when he does the whole teaching him how to like tap it in, tap it in. Tap, Carl tap. Weathers, Carl Weathers, so great. <laughs> Carl Weathers is all you tubs and think of your happy place. Oh my god, that was quintessential. And young Julie Bowen before she became Modern Family famous. And wait, did you say Kevin Nielsen? I think it's Kevin Nealon. You absolutely said Kevin Nielsen. Yeah, Kevin Nielsen. Oh, Kevin Nealon. Sorry. Right. Okay, but this is tricky though because. Adam Sandler today is kind of cursed, right? Like, I feel like he did that sign thing with Netflix and he's doing these weird ass shows. Now. I feel like Adam Sandler peaked. I'm not going to mince words on this <laughs> When one. did he peak, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> did he peak in what was one of his five Netflix movies? Uh, oh, you guys were just talking about that, weren't you? I think yeah. he peaked in Grown Ups. Grown Ups 1 was, was kind of like hard to watch. <laughs> tailing off a little bit, but I know what you mean. <laughs> I, was, I think he... Yeah. Yeah, I would say it was more around like anger oh, management days. Jack Nicholson. I actually don't know if I've seen that movie in its entirety. I remember watching Click. Click was kind of depressing. I think he peaked at Waterboy. Yeah, that was that was. I think that was his biggest success. I think yeah, everything yeah, after that, he did fair. the weird one with the shoes. Like what the fuck? Which one with the shoes? The oh, <laughs> yeah, like the trunk oh yeah, he did the cobbler one. What was the one he did where he um, where his feet were like burned off from frostburn? Yeah. Mr. Deeds. Yeah, Mr. Deeds. Do you have any like honorable mentions you just like have to mention before we wrap this thing Chasing up? Chasing Amy is mine. Um, uh, honorable mentions of movies that we haven't talked about. So Sam, Angus has a great soundtrack. Mikhail's um, Navy or Angus? I thought those were locks. So Angus has the great soundtrack, um, but Angus kind of makes me. It's just kind of sad. I don't know. Like in hindsight about it, um, there's just some of the stuff that happens in Angus where I'm like, oh. Uh, but the soundtrack and the fact that they have that Green Day song JR is pretty huge. Um, Mikhail's Navy, I definitely had the poster and I like Ernest Borgnine, but like, it's also one of those ones that as you like kind of rewatch it, it, it's just, you, I, when you wince like more than you like enjoy it, then you're kind of like, Oh, okay. Like Friday you watch it like, Oh, that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, those aren't even, I also kind of went through my DVD collection just to see like which nineties comedies I own. And if they aren't in there, they didn't make the cut. That's fair. What about you, Tommy? Uh, man, 
I just had one, but I totally spaced on it. But uh, yeah, so I married Nax Murder, I think. Uh, and then like we we didn't really talk on the Chris Farley world, but like Tommy Boy. I thought there would be so much Tommy Boy and so I married Nax Murder <laughs> stuff that I actually avoided it. I feel bad now because I'm like, man, I feel like they were underrepresented. Right. I know there are some lines from that movie I quote now that I'm thinking about it. I'm like. Like the whole line where she's like, how about some Colonel coffee, some bacon, some pancakes? That sounds great. Fruit Loops. Huh. Well, these are relatively low calories and high in fiber. Sorry, I don't have that other stuff. No, no, no. This is fine. <laughs> like, you know, this place for, needs an oversized poster. For I, care, I care for Apple Jacks a great deal. <laughs> Um, that's the my, uh, my honorable mentions were like just movies that I came across that I've seen was like my mom used to really like the movie Serial Mom it was a John Waters movie starring Kathleen Turner where she's like a, is it a comedy homicidal mania it's a John Waters I'm telling you okay. it's controversial in the 90s okay. it's, it's not about. good but it's one of those movies where I was like I forgot that movie fucking existed and that it's a dark comedy it is a dark comedy uh, and then uh you know, it's a movie that I, I thought we would mention. I mean, it's it's not necessarily our group, but within within the time frame, is don't tell mom yeah, the babysitter. Yeah, it's on my dead. list, bro. It didn't somebody? Some people really like that movie. I'm not a huge fan, but it's uh, the dishes are done, man. Mine, uh, I had what about <laughs> class act. Like, do you guys ever see the movie oh, with Kim play class act? I feel like it was on TBS all when the time. When I googled, it's like they switch roles. One's yes. Blade Brown. <laughs> Uh, Heather and I were talking about Tommy Boy before we did this, uh, and that coming up a little bit. Um, and then you said another necessary roughness is clutch. By the way, uh, Major League was that nineties or is that eighties? Major, Major League was eighty nine, I believe. Okay, never mind. Because when you went to necessary roughness, I immediately thought of Major League, which I like yeah. a lot. But necessary roughness, I've never seen in the theaters. Uh, Calvin, what'd you get? I would have done. I, I don't. I feel like Birdcage was one of those movies that didn't really fall into a category on this list. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those movies growing up. Our mom used to watch it a lot. So it's kind of a lot to your place. Um, it's super funny. I actually remember that from your, it's from great. your it's mom's totally house. It's a 90s comedy. Um, Robin Williams is hilarious in it. I think we've thoroughly dissected and analyzed the best 90s comedies, according to the four of us. I think we've uh, laid some good groundwork. And uh, thanks again for everyone coming out. Thank you so much, Dalton, for making the song. Much appreciated. If you want to check him out, it is soundcloud.com forward slash Raid Boss Bass. Raid Boss Bass for the dope theme song. Sean and Calvin with the production and editing. And uh, Sam Roy for the uh, peanut gallery. I'll allow it. And if you wouldn't mind, please follow us on Twitter at C-O-T-T-Cast. And from all of us here, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. You